Hello. Welcome to Public Affairs and WRBH. I'm Lynn Koppel, and today we're joined by Dr. Deirdre Hooper, a New Orleans dermatologist, and in full transparency, I go to her because <laughs> I think she's very good, but that's just, um, uh, I'm just have not being paid for this. But thank you so much, for Dr. Hooper, for coming on and talking to us this morning. Um, you know, one of the questions I have is, when should you go see a dermatologist? That's a great question because we all see our primary care doctors regularly, but when is it that you see a specialist in your hair, your skin, or your nails? And really, anytime you have a problem with your hair, your skin, or your nails, whether it's a rash or some unknown growth, you should see your dermatologist. Another reason to see your dermatologist is for annual skin checks mm -hmm. because skin cancer is an epidemic. One in three Americans is going to develop skin cancer. Really? Absolutely. Tell us something. Well, go ahead on, but I want you to tell us something. What skin cancer is, in other words, what different kinds of skin cancer there are, too. But but go ahead with what you're saying. Well, as I was saying, the reason to see a dermatologist mm -hmm. might be for a rash or might be for a skin check. A lot of times people think it's all about beauty and cosmetics yes. and they're hesitant to go, but that's absolutely not the reason. I went to medical school and joined dermatology as my specialty really because I knew a lot about skin cancer. I had an uncle who unfortunately passed away from melanoma. Okay. And secondarily, because I was plagued with acne through my teenage years and my 20s, and I realized what a psychologic burden mm. skin problems can be. So anytime you have a problem with your skin, hair, or nails, see a specialist. Why mm. wouldn't you? Well, it, you know, it's interesting to think about that because there's so many things. The skin covers our whole body, and so there are lots of things going on. I imagine with your skin, what sorts of things with your hair? The most common thing that I see, the most co common complaint people come in is hair loss. Oh, okay. And I of course, hair that. loss happens to 40 to 60% of all people starting in the 20s and 30s. But people come in for itchy scalps frequently, mm -hmm. for growths in the scalp, a mole, or even for patchy hair loss, which might be an infection like unfortunately, lice, oh, um, ringworm. These are things that we see in these warm climates that we live in. We'll see infections in the scalp, too. So, in other words, if you're having a problem that's a little bit, you don't feel like going to see your primary care doctor, maybe you would come to see a dermatologist. And how about your fingernails? <laughs> no, I'm curious about this. These are actual I think questions. I think these are great questions because people don't realize that no. there is someone who's trained and knows exactly and sees every day problems with the hair, skin, and nails. In the nails, you can actually see a lot of signs of systemic disease. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's very interesting. People will come in with me with spots under their nails or lifting of their nails, mm -hmm. and this can be part of psoriasis. Oh, people can get yellow nails or discolorations in their nails when they have liver disease or kidney mm. disease. And sometimes these are the first signs. So seeing a dermatologist, you're seeing someone who has a wealth of information that is every day for us. All, it's all we're doing every day is talking about hair and skin and nails. And actually, it might be kind of a uh, a useful thing to go see a dermatologist, maybe for one reason, and let them check you for all of these things? You know, there's a common growth called a seborrheic keratosis, mm -hmm. and lots of people have heard of these. They're little barnacles that oh, appear yes. on our skin. <laughs> and I believe that barnacles were put on this earth to bring people to the dermatologist because mm -hmm. these seborrheic keratoses or barnacles, they sort of look ugly. They can look stuck yes. on and they're unsightly, and sometimes they look discolored, and these are sort of words that start alarming people. And 
I would say at least once a month, I have a new patient who comes in complaining of a scary spot. Mm-hmm. I dismiss the scary spot as a benign lesion like a keratosis, but I find a skin cancer. Oh, goodness. Skin cancers tend to be asymptomatic. They don't itch us. They don't hurt us. They could often in areas we can't see. Exactly, like your back, your lower back that you we can't turn around and see it, or... How about other places like under your arms and things? Do you have find them there? Under your arms, between your toes, between your legs. And so there's a saying in the American Academy of Dermatology's mm-hmm. website to the general public that says, mm-hmm. on your birthday, check your birthday suit. Ah, because, what yeah. you know, people get embarrassed. Sometimes they don't want to be naked. And there's a little <laughs> bit of indignity of going to the doctor and disrobing. But you can feel really comfortable if you go to your dermatologist what we do all day, I would say approximately 15 times a day, I do a total body skin examination because you can get a melanoma, which is a deadly mm-hmm. skin cancer and the scariest of all skin cancers, anywhere. You can get one on your fingernail. You can get one on the bottom of your foot, between your legs. And so a dermatologist who does a good skin check of you is going to help find things that you may not realize are worrisome or you may not be able to see. Well, not being able to see is an interesting thing, particularly, and I say this for myself, with older people is there are things you just don't notice. Maybe they've been there for a while and, eh, you know, that's just something that I've had for a long time. Should you be worried about things like that, like a uh, a change in a, not a significant change, maybe a, a bigger freckle or the freckle looks like it's different and it's now something's raised? Is that a warning that you should probably get on to your, your dermatologist? It can be, but what's important and I want everyone to know is that a melanoma can arise de novo, we call that. It can just pop up one day. It can be a new lesion. So any new growth you have after the age of about 40 Mm -hmm. should prompt a visit to the dermatologist. Second, a mole you have can change into melanoma. And this change can be subtle. We use this mnemonic or memory thing, Mm -hmm. A, B, C, D, E, asymmetry. So if you have a spot on your body that the left doesn't look like the right or the top doesn't look like the bottom, it's asymmetric. B, does it have a jagged border? Mm -hmm. So a mole should generally be smooth and round. If something's looking jagged, see color. Okay. So if you see black, if you see two and three different colors, D, when you look at the website of the AAD and most of the literature, mm. we talk about D being diameter, a spot bigger than a pencil eraser, which really isn't that big. No, no, it's not. I do think diameter is important, but I always mention to my patients that I use D, the ugly duckling, just something that looks a little different to you. Mm. And then, of course, the E is evolving. So mm. asymmetry, jagged border, funny color, different, evolving. These are things that should prompt you to notice But a lot of us, especially as we get older, have lots and lots of things growing on our bodies. (laughs) And it can be difficult to decide which is the worrisome one and which is not. So, yes, I think you should be aware and notice if you have a changing mole. But second, I think why not utilize the expertise of a board-certified dermatologist? Well, and it's because the the downside is so bad, you might as well go and have the relief of having someone say, whoops, that's just an old wart or that's just a absolutely or I mean, something the, like that. The advantage we as dermatologists have is that I have the entire organ that I'm in charge of examining at my fingertips in my eyesight. I can examine your entire organ in not 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And if you catch a melanoma in its early stage when it's still in the skin, 
the number that we always talk about in cancer is five-year survival. Mm -hmm. Am I going to live or die? If you catch your cancer early, while it's still in your skin, you have a 99% five-year survival. Good news. If it spreads to your lymph nodes, your five-year survival drops to 60%. Whoa. And if it metastasizes to distant organs, melanoma survival is 20%. (laughs) Not so good. (laughs) So it's much better to find that melanoma early. And this is just something that... I think should be so important in the public's mind is that that melanoma is accessible to the eye of your dermatologist. And you have the ability to, and I'm sure this is true because you, you've got a lot of, you've done a lot of studying in school and in, you know, in college and in med school, but also just by seeing people, you can kind of spot something right away, you know, they're not, you know, and then you can test it because you you know what to look for. Right. Uh, I, cer- I certainly try to. You know, this is um, an area that technology has not caught up. You know, mm-hmm. you can get a bone scan or a PET sure. scan these days. And you can have your yeah. vascular system or your blood vessel system looked at with the machine. Right now, we don't have amazing technology other than the dermatologist eye to look at your moles. I do use something called a dermatoscope, which is a mm-hmm. microscope, magnifies skin lesions, and that does help me. But a skin biopsy is such a simple procedure. Mm -hmm. In this day and age, it takes one to two minutes to take a skin biopsy, and it just takes local anesthesia. So yes, my eye is very trained, but if I'm unsure or if you are unsure, skin biopsies are safe and easy. Well, I'm I'm saying this because sometimes if one would see your regular doctor, whether it's a gynecologist or whoever you see, he's, he, she might not be as trained to be aware of something like that Unless you, I mean, if you called it to the person's attention, of course they would be and send you to a, to a dermatologist. But I wonder sometimes if, you know, it's just better to go and, you know, have you take a look and make yourself satisfied that it's not a bad thing. Tell me a, some, something about at, at what point do you biopsy if you think you just have a, a concern with something? Right. I biopsy for two main reasons. I'm concerned or the patient's concerned. Okay. We've been talking a lot about melanoma, mm-hmm. but the most common types of cancers are the non-melanoma skin cancers, mm-hmm. basal cell cancers and squamous cell cancers. And those are the cancers that are accounting for this one in three Americans I'm yes. talking about. And these are cancers, probably you know someone who's had a basal oh, cell or a squamous so. cell, especially if you have a light skin mm-hmm. type. These cancers tend to occur more on sun-exposed areas like your face, your Mm -hmm. shoulders, your hands, but they can also appear anywhere in the body. They tend to be little things that don't heal quite right. So I tell someone if you have a pimple but it's not going away, Mm. something that's bleeding frequently when you wash your face or sort of bleeding spontaneously for no reason or some kind of crusty growth that's getting thicker, these are lesions that could be non-melanoma skin cancers, Mm -hmm. which are very rarely deadly but can be locally invasive. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine that if you have one on the tip of your nose or your oh eyelid, you may want to have that treated before it grows much mm-hmm. bigger. So you were asking, should a, should you see a specialist or your primary care for your skin? And I think it's important to be transparent that there is no official sure. Amer- AJCC or American Joint Committee on Cancer's recommendation that everyone get a skin check once a year. <laughs> Anyone with a family history of skin cancer should get a skin check. Anyone with a significant sun exposure history, which is, I think, most of the population listening area, those people probably should see a specialist because, as I said, these skin cancers can 
frequently be asymptomatic or unnoticeable to your eye and so you see a specialist. You know, something else we talked about uh, earlier, shingles. Right. I would never have thought to go see a dermatologist for shingles. I don't have it, thank God, but many of my friends have. Shingles is one of the easiest diagnoses in the world for a dermatologist to make. And the most important thing I would say to your listeners is pain or an unusual sort of symptom like a numbness or tingling. Because shingles Mm -hmm. is a virus that's in your nerve. So the symptom of shingles, I can almost always diagnose over the phone when someone calls me. As soon as they start using words like, it's stabbing, it feels numb, it feels prickly, Mm -hmm. and it's on one side of my body because shingles tends to be on one side of the body, I know that this person has shingles. And what's important about shingles is that the problem with shingles, as we all see on these TV Mm -hmm. ads, is that it hurts. Oh, yes. And that it can hurt for a long time. And that's the most important point that if you get early treatment for your shingles in that first few days Mm -hmm. of it happening, you're going to have much lower incidence of what's called post-herpetic neuralgia or pain after shingles. And that really comes down to taking an antiviral pill and sometimes taking an anti-inflammatory pill along with that antiviral. Most of my patients who are fairly healthy, I give not just the antiviral, but also prednisone. And I think it's so important to get to a physician immediately because that early treatment, if you're experiencing some kind of painful rash, it usually has blisters, but it doesn't always because blisters can pop and Mm -hmm. look crusty. But a painful rash on one side of your body, whether it's the top of your head, your abdomen, your toe, if it's one side of your body in a painful rash, that's a certainly important time to see a dermatologist. Pain often indicates infection. Mm. And so I think that's another reason to have a good relationship with a dermatologist <laughs> so that you, you can, can call one up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you know, that's so interesting because so many older people do seem to be having shingles. What is it? Because you have you had chicken pox as a child. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us of a certain age had chicken pox. And now it's getting its revenge and coming, or what shall I say, its second bite and coming back. That's such a perfect quote, the second bite, right? So whether you were immunized against chicken pox or had chicken pox, either way, those... Really? Right. Immunization too? mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. So chicken pox, the vaccine that's Uh been given to everybody in the last 30 years is is a live vaccine. So the vaccine gives you a little tiny dose of chicken pox. So the... Whether you got the vaccine or you had chickenpox as a child, you probably have the shingles vaccine sitting, I'm sorry, the shingles virus sitting somewhere in one of your vertebrae. How horrible. So I was that's saying, all oh, it's so us. wonderful. You know, the younger generation, they don't ever have to worry about shing- No, they do. We actually talk a lot about it in the derm world that maybe the vaccine has less immunity. If you didn't have a bad case Mm -hmm. or you had a light dose of the vaccine, maybe your shingles is going to come earlier. We're (laughs) we're sort of interested to see what happens there. Oh, what a terrible thought. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because so many, my children all, my children are old enough to have had uh, had chicken pox Mm -hmm. and they all got it one after the other. So I said, oh, well, at least, you know, no more chicken pox to worry about. Now right. just shingles. And it's what's important is you can't give someone shingles. Mm-hmm. When you have shingles, you could give someone who hasn't been exposed sure. to chicken pox. Yes. So in this day and age, that's a baby under the age of one. Of course, or a pregnant woman or pregnant something Pregnant like woman, that. exactly. Yes. So if you have shingles, you should avoid being around people who have a compromised immune system. Oh, good point. The elderly are ill because 
maybe you could trigger them if they've lost their immunity. Is That's fascinating. Talk more about that. You So shingles, I thought it wasn't, you know, well, it's just an unpleasant few months or weeks or whatever it is. So we know that within the blisters of shingles, there is virus. Oh, good. So if a baby or someone who has does not have immunity to chickenpox came in contact with that vesicle or blister fluid, mm. they could get chickenpox. If they are elderly and yes. potentially have lost their immunity, and this is unusual but possible, well, if they've lost their immunity, you might cause them to have a second case of chickenpox. This is very unlikely, but it's pretty easy to cover the blisters of shingles yeah. and avoid those people who are at risk. And so you just want to do that. Okay. Well, you know, I had no idea about that. This is some the absolutely new information and wonderful. Tell me about some other kind of serious skin things that we should worry about, like what you see on the TV all the time, psoriasis. And what is the other one that's uh, like psoriasis? Maybe eczema. Eczema and psoriasis. Do so, you all treat that sort of thing? Every day. Yes. So I was actually at Tulane today talking about psoriasis with the residents. Psoriasis and eczema and many other diseases are chronic and ongoing. If your patient has psoriasis, though, I think there's a very important message. If you have psoriasis or someone in your family has psoriasis, you should be aware that psoriasis is part of what we call the metabolic syndrome. We're very familiar with this in New Orleans. This is obesity, diabetes, heart disease, high cholesterol, hypertension. This is a constellation of diseases that are linked Mm -hmm. by inflammation. Okay. If you have moderate psoriasis, and moderate psoriasis is probably psoriasis on 10% of your body, or if you have psoriatic arthritis, which is mm-hmm. arthritis that is associated with, with psoriasis, you should be following closely with your internist and talking about risk factors for other diseases in the metabolic syndrome. And I think sometimes this gets missed because psoriasis is a very distressing disease. It can be itchy. It can affect your life because it causes flaking. It can be in areas that you affect your sex life, affect your daily life because you want to be covered. So people sort of get focused on treating the skin disease of psoriasis. But if you have psoriasis, you should talk to your internist about the metabolic syndrome. Can you describe psoriasis for us, what it looks like just in general? I'm not sure I know exactly what it what it looks like. It generally looks like red scaly patches. Okay. Tends to be bilateral, so both sides of your body, mm-hmm. and symmetric. So you either have it on both of your elbows and knees. Very common to have it on eyebrows, scalp. Ooh, okay. And you can get a version that's in your body folds. And your belly button is a common place that I see psoriasis <laughs> under the arms, in the groin. And people often don't realize that they have a disease that can be treated with medication. They think they just have a rash. So red scaly patches that are frequently itchy that tend to match on either side of the body, that's Mm -hmm. psoriasis. So, And that's a time to, as you say, think about perhaps I should see someone and maybe this is just a, a rash that comes from something that I've been touching but maybe not. Right. Psoriasis is a very common disease. Probably one in 50 people has psoriasis. And it's been revolutionary in the last 15 years. There's a class of drugs called biologics, and we all see them advertised on TV Mm -hmm. all the time. I have no conflict, but you see Embrel and Humira, and every day it seems like a new one. Yeah, uh, they must buy fortunes of airtime. Yes. Well, they're expensive drugs. (laughs) 
But what's very interesting about these drugs, and more data is being released Mm -hmm. all the time, there just was some very interesting data released on people who take these drugs for a long time. It turns out that their heart disease is less. And so maybe when you cut the inflammation of psoriasis, and these are systemic drugs that we're talking about, injectable Mm -hmm. drugs or oral medications, maybe when you cut the inflammation that's associated with psoriasis, you're going to cut the inflammation associated with other problems. So you shouldn't dismiss psoriasis as just an annoyance. You should talk to your dermatologist about whether you should treat it. Because like I said, that moderate psoriasis might be associated with metabolic syndrome and maybe treating it will help you avoid some of those other diseases. What an interesting thing, how you're putting together different parts of the body and different things that are wrong with you and finding a way to cure something which is disagreeable and and perhaps help something that's life-threatening. Right, so just realize no one's very surprised when heart disease and lung disease is is combined, Mm -hmm. so don't forget that skin is an organ, that your skin disease might be linked to other organs. All the time we see this. We talked about hair loss earlier. The endocrine system, the thyroid system, autoimmunity, all these things come into play. So I think there are so many diseases in dermatology that it's impossible for your primary care physician to be well-versed in all of those. So in my opinion, Mm -hmm. I think having a dermatologist is very important, especially as you get older. Well, I do too. And uh, we don't want to completely neglect the important factor of uh, having uh, sort of improving the way you look. Do you see people for that too? What what do you call that uh, part of your practice? Well, technically it's called cosmetic dermatology, but as the great Nia Terazakis, my original mentor in dermatology, has taught thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of women in New Orleans, if you prevent cancer by Mm -hmm. using topical retinoids like Retin-A on your skin and using sunscreen, Mm -hmm. your skin will be more beautiful. So I spend a lot of my day talking about just basic skincare and beauty. I also spend a lot of my day doing fun things like injections and chemical peels (laughs) and lasers. And I think these things are great. I think it's empowering. In this day and age, sometimes, you know, we're in this place where women are doing what they want to do and men as well. And there's nothing wrong with doing simple, safe, effective treatments to make you look more beautiful if you want to do those things. So if you want to talk to your dermatologist, I don't think people should be intimidated and think it's going to be so expensive. It's going to hurt so much. Or it's frivolous. Or it's frivolous. It is, I think, a discussion to have with an expert. What can I do? How much time and money am I going to put into this? How much do I want to put into this? The most important thing is if you use sunscreen, you're going to be more attractive because you're not going to get brown spots and wrinkles all over your face. So I think it's a very important conversation when you say, I wonder what I could change about my appearance. This bothers me about my appearance. I think you should bring that up to your dermatologist and not be afraid that it's frivolous. That's the whole point of talking to an expert. Well, it, it is. And, you know, if it's something that you're worried about, you should discuss it. Not only if it's something that you're terrified is going to kill you, but also maybe you're feeling like you could get do better in your work or your job. I, and that is frivolous, I understand. Oh, I, I don't think so. I think there's there's actually so much data to talk about Botox and mood. Alas, a when mood? Pe- when people walk around looking angry and you take that little angry scowl off their face, it's sort of interesting and they have a lot of data on this, on bot- people oh. giving, giving you positive feedback if you don't look angry and wrinkled. Now, is this necessary? We could have a whole another oh, yes, conversation yes. about this. But I think that it is something that 
having an expert, and we have so many in New mm-hmm. Orleans, to be able to ask these questions. No one gives a thought about coloring their hair or buying a nice outfit no, if they want. Or it's on up makeup. to you. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, and silly Particularly with younger women, for instance, grandchildren putting on silly makeup. True. You know, that's, uh, it, but it, it is something. And a lot of these questions you do, you should go to an expert about. And uh, what is your message for us? And how does one find a dermatologist? Now, we know what your name is. You're Deirdre Hooper. And you, I know you practice around Toro. But let's say you're somewhere else. Um, how does one find a dermatologist? And do you just call them up? Do you need to be recommended to them? By, you know, The best way to find a dermatologist is to go on the website aad.org, mm-hmm. the American Academy of Dermatology. Okay. There's a great find a dermatologist feature in there, and you can find a dermatologist who fits your neighborhood, your needs, websites, help you. I want to make sure that people realize if you have any family history of skin cancer, if you have a history of ever being in a tanning bed or having a blistering sunburn, you probably should have a dermatologist. If you have a skin problem that you haven't been able to resolve on your own, don't go to over-the-counter. Don't go to WebMD. Go to your dermatologist. So many insurance companies do require a referral for specialists, Mm -hmm. and that's a question for your insurance company. But if you need a dermatologist, Find someone at aad.org okay. and talk to your internist if you need a referral. You know, that's so important because I think people tend to get hesitant about, oh, I don't know whether I'll be able to afford this. But certainly if you had some horrible melanoma, yes, you, you will be able to afford it, we hope. Yeah, most um, skin conditions and skin checks yeah. are covered by medical insurance. I th- that seems to be true in my case, too. Look what time it is. I told you this would be quick. And painless. I hope it's been painless. It's been fun. Um, You know, and I really encourage anyone listening that uh, if you have a question, you should definitely give somebody a call or go to this website. Um, But also, if you have something that's troubling, you know, then let's do it right away. And I think one of the important things about people who are specialists, and this is just my selfish opinion is it's good to know someone where you feel like you're comfortable with them and comfortable enough to ask them something stupid. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Every day, there is no body part I haven't looked at. There is no question I haven't been asked. And that's the whole point of going to your doctor. Yeah. And and knowing, getting to know somebody even before something awful happens. It is about the relationship. Well, thank you so very much for coming on and talking to us about this, because this is something, I mean, you certainly told me things that I had no idea about, and I'm, I'm glad we had a, a, you know, time to share this. Quick, give us the um, the address of that, the dermatology thing, where people can go on and do it right now. AAD.org. Okay, that's very easy. Thank you so much, Dr. Hooper, and thank you for coming on. And everybody, use, what should we say, suntan lotion? Sunscreen, Sunscreen. every day. Every day. Thank you again. Thank you. This has been Public Affairs on WRBH. Thanks for listening.